episode, we'll be listening to segments done by the Front's team where we highlight art, music, and people from the San Isidro and Tijuana region. For our first segment, we talked to Armando de la Torre about his project with San Diego Park Social, a citywide initiative that commissions social-specific public artworks from local artists. Armando's project, Springtide, took place on June 30th, 2022 in South Crest Community Park. Let's hear more about his project and the meaning behind it. Hola, Francisco. Uh, thanks for coming uh, and uh, interviewing me, but also uh, thanks for taking part in Springtide. Um, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed that experience. It was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you for inviting us. Um, so can you tell us what, what is Springtide and where the name comes from? Okay, so I, I was looking for a title for my uh, project, which was a commission from the uh, Commission for Arts and Culture uh, initiative called uh, Park Social. And I was selected to uh, create an intervention at a park and I was selected for District 9 so um, I knew that I wanted to do a continuation of my installation called Rosa Sinopales and that installation gave me the the idea and the conceptual framework to create this next piece which was uh, a small little music and arts festival using puppets and community activists and uh, trying to invite environmental uh, organizations to uh, create a or begin having a conversation about the environment uh, through the arts um, and I was trying to find uh, a title for for the exhibit and and I couldn't couldn't get it like I, I kept I kept kind of thinking about it as well you know it's it's on the coast um, uh, I want something atmospheric something that that speaks or poetically kind of brings the idea together um, and, and finally uh, I came up with uh, spring tides yeah it was uh, basically spring tides are uh, on a new moon um, the the ocean tides are more dramatic and they are then between the sun and the moon, they create a very uh, extreme situation for, for tides, and this happens uh, every every new moon. Uh, and so um, I thought it was poetic to, to think about it in terms of, hey, we're experiencing kind of an extreme situation, but it also kind of like brings uh, light to the environment and about also, you know, the fact that the ocean is uh, heating up and that the, ice caps are melting and that uh, global warming is, is a serious threat uh, to the, our environment. The first uh, idea that I had about bringing musicians together was um, that they had to be very empathetic towards the community, uh, which was mostly a Mexicano community. Uh, Shelltown is a now it used to be called Shelltown. Now it's called South Crest Recreation Center. Is where the park is, and so historically, growing up, Shelltown, now South Crest, it was always a very violent community um, uh, that I knew, uh, and um, so I selected that park because uh, I was working closely with uh, um, 
city council representative for that district, uh, Martha Zapata, and uh, she gave me a bunch of data on on all the communities in District 9, which include Kensington, near Senio State, as well as uh, um, uh, City Heights, and then of course South Crest area. And so oftentimes City Heights gets all the, you know, it's considered one of the most complicated as well as diverse communities in San Diego and so a lot of like uh, resources go to City Heights and so what I discovered through this information was that South Crest is oftentimes left out of this picture and they actually don't cross the 94 and go to the events that are mostly directed for City Heights so uh, I felt that the community kind of felt isolated and of course it, it's designed to be completely blighted it is, it, there's no intersection so there's no reason to go there unless you are going there specifically you know so uh, and the park is so, you know some of the things that I heard was that the parks are underused or that they're kind of seedy and that there's some homeless people in them so you know the the intent was that through this um, in intervention we can you know bring bring resources and bring energy and maybe change the feeling of the park through through this festival. So I started kind of assembling a group of activists who already are doing similar work throughout San Diego. Um, that included um, uh, Turning Wheels, uh, which is a, a mobile bus that is oftentimes curated. And it's run by Alberto Pudillo, who is a professor at USD. And uh, he oftentimes works at um, uh, around Chicano Park, and then I also brought um, Itza Bilaboy, who um, who works with uh, you know she's a very active uh, person who's always working uh, either with libros or with Culubri uh, Library at the Centro, and she's always doing a, a lot of activity throughout different communities, as well as. Uh, Tree San Diego, you know, who are working with uh, uh, with um, uh, impact the communities uh, to uh, grow more trees in their communities, so that you know you can have wa more walkable streets and uh, reduce the you know the the impact of of uh, uh, the heat. Um, and and so um, I always collaborate with the San Gila puppetry, and I go back. Uh, like 10 years you know I've been I've been working with Lynn Jennings the director of, of uh, the Guild for for a while so um, I was a very important element of my uh, thinking about my project um, because I was thinking uh, I was inspired by by bread and puppet and um, how the how bread and puppet creates these um, these rituals and um, these uh, uh, productions in in Vermont are, are about pageantry, and, and you know, as a, a part of my project, I I'm interested in, in pageantry or like the lack of pageantry or the lack of uh, um, observing different um, seasons and and how cultures you know migrate and change, and oftentimes we we all lose our our historical pageantry. And so I thought that this would be kind of a, a modality that I'd be more interested in, in learning uh, to do. There was also a coffee, right? The, the coffee, the cafe moto. Uh, um, yeah, you know, basically I, I love coffee, uh, but <laughs> but also cafe moto is, is a very envi environmentally conscious and uh, they, uh, knew I was producing this event and asked me how they can help me. Uh, and so they, they offered, you know, free coffee for, for all of us. And, you know, they loaned me uh, the generator uh, and contributed some funds so that I can uh, bring uh, one of the musicians uh, from San Francisco. Oh, lovely. B very generous. You also had the delicious food of Irene, right? 
Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you for uh, clarifying <laughs> that. Yeah. The most important thing was uh, definitely like feeding the artists. Um, uh, and uh, Irene Castrita or Irene's Kitchen uh, is um, run by Irene Castrita, and uh, she's she's an artist, poet, activist, food justice person. And uh, I thought it was very important to to have her come in and and, and basically like. Um, feed the the artist um, and coincidentally what happened was that uh, there was uh, more than enough food for everyone so we just uh, decided to uh, feed anybody who want who wanted to to get food since there was plenty of food um, but yeah of course um, she did a wonderful job uh, making something very delicious and vegetarian vegan yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Everything was so delicious and vegan. So what can you say about the musicians? Well, I mean, most of the musicians are people that I've worked with in the past, in including yourself, and, and um, uh, included Amy Simony, um, and... Uh, um, it, so, again, the, the important part about um, the musicians that we selected were that they could be very empathetic towards different communities and that they've already, that it's part of their practice to perform uh, in, in um, places that uh, have been impacted in, in social ways. And, um, and, and making music as, as art and, um, and being musicians as activists and uh, working with sound to, um, to create spaces and to build community both through listening and through production and making of, of, of sound. Uh, you brought artists from San Francisco. Uh, can you tell us about them? Uh, yes, uh, Dueto Arte um, is uh, a lovely couple, uh, Artemisa Flores y Manuel Trujillo, who, um, who basically sing old uh, 50s, 60s Mexican ballads and, and rancheras. Um, I thought that they could be perfect for, for um, for this community, um, and, and of course, they're they're so talented, and um, you know, uh, they were very excited to come and perform um, and um, make this uh, happen. So, uh, in many ways, this little small project uh, was uh, uh, became very expensive in, in many ways. Um, so it was a small small community gathering with uh, I feel a, a, a an expansive social impact um, what was the name of the last band that played uh, the this duet playing with a quora this African instrument uh, yes that's uh, the talking strings um, and Keenan Webster is also from San Francisco uh, and um, Peter Jacobson, who is from LA. Uh, Peter Jacobson has a long history of performing in LA um, and touring the world with with uh, a band called Rye, but also performing um, uh, the composer uh, Shinnery's work um, in, in South Asia and. Um, uh, as, as part of like a, a large community of musicians in LA, who, whom I used to be associated with when I when I was going to school in LA, um, and uh, yeah, I thought that they would would bring another element and uh, another element of diversity. Yeah, it was uh, wonderful to see all these different styles and, and, and genres. Um, I think that was very successful. We know that it's very difficult to organize events for the community, you know, so it's a lot of uh, time consuming, there's so many resources you have to move. Uh, how was that experience for you 
what do you see uh, the impact could be? Uh, I mean, I know the city is trying to activate parks, but what's going on with the parks and why do they want to activate them? I, I thought that this initiative was, uh, you know, was was uh, in response to the early stages of COVID-19 and the commission wanted to share a lot of money to a lot of artists whereas normally the commission would go to like one or two artists to, to make um, public artwork and so they thought that this was a way to both you know bring people out to to uh, to parks a very complicated uh, process as we know to bring people out to um, to events the commission for arts and culture is not set up currently to to engage very diverse communities um, and, and although this initiative is 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 maybe uh, you know helping so that artists do the work and go out into the communities and engage different communities it's also very limited uh, format so um, and I would say that in another way we succeeded in envisioning a community of artists and bringing those artists together and you know uh, growing that idea I hope that the city of San Diego and other organizations could keep doing this so you know the, the community there is to go out more and 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 share you know and and talk to each other and talk to us absolutely absolutely thank you francisco for that um that um we want to live in a city that that offers quality programming and that it reflects uh our rich diversity well thank you so much armando for your time um i'm glad uh, that we are going to be able to share this and share more about springtide Okay, gracias Francisco. Our music feature for this episode is Katia Ruda, a singer, musician, and composer from Ensenada. We asked her to talk about the songs you'll listen to in this episode, as well as her music journey and inspirations.
insensitive. It, uh, that song I made it during the pandemic, during the COVID, and I I just love that song. It's a it's a bossa nova like uh, song. That the 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 main uh, the original is in Portuguese. But then I was listening to music in my house, and then I heard the one in English, and I and I, I really liked. Uh, yeah, I really like like it. So I I made this this like cover. And yeah, it's been, I think it's my favorite, no? It's, it's been two years since I did it. And, and I, yeah, I'm very happy with it. Living in Ensenada, what was the inspiration? What led you to perform the viola? Well, um, I was involved in music since I was, uh, in, in, well, in my house, no? My father, he played guitar and sings. So I was always connect, uh, connected to that. And then, uh, there's this uh, very big school of music here that it's called uh, Centro de Artes Musicales. Well, it's been for years. And a lot of friends were there. And then one day I found a violin uh, in, a, in my aunt's house. So my mom uh, asked me if I wanted to, to join the, the, the music school. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like 13 years old. I wasn't that small like a lot of people um, start uh, young. So. Um, and and yeah, I started with violin basically, and I I was there like for ten years almost, and then I decided to to change to uh, to play viola. And since uh, so, it, it sounds like you've been performing or you've been you've been playing this instrument for a long time since you were younger. Um, what has been the process of experimenting with it? What's led you to connect it with electronic or? or new genres of music that are not traditional? Yes, well, it's been like a, a very complex journey, I can say, like only years and experience uh, it's it uh, had led me to, to where I am now. And there's a lot to, to learn still. No? But I started when I was in the university in the career, uh, a teacher, a professor called Wilfredo, Wilfredo Terrazas. He was doing these uh, workshops uh, for uh, improvisation, and I was—that's when I started to improvise or to ex experiment with my instrument, not only playing notes and melodies, but to look to look more, to look forward, to to, to get different sounds out of the the wood, the bow, and, and all the elements. So that's how it started to explore on that, and then. Uh, and then I, I was uh, collaborating with other friends with their electronic projects, like DJs or producers. And I was like super, uh, it was a new world for me, like be able to record yourself and make your music and, and, and put on, on, a, on a track your ideas. So I decided to take a, take a Ableton um, workshop or course and um, and I was like, wow, I want to be able to record myself. So that's how I started. And then I, I found out all these uh, devices, the, electric, the pedals, and I started to explore with that on my viola. Awesome. So a theme, a theme that we're following with this program is el mar, the sea, water. How do you connect with water and motion with your work? Mm. Wow, uh, for me, water is life. <laughs> and uh, I've been living my whole life very close to the ocean. And <clears throat> I've been always been uh, dragged by, by the water. Uh, I don't know, any kind of water, you know, like pools, uh, rivers, or, or the ocean. And I feel like, like when you enter into, into the water, like I love the sound that's, that you hear inside the water like how all the sounds are um, like kind of blocked or not blocked, but that they travel different. And I actually am like doing a, 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 some projects about about the underwater sounds that soon it's gonna be out. But I feel like, uh, I feel very connected to it. And, um, and I love also like the sounds that we create with our objects inside the water and how we move and, and how the body respond in a, in a like a slow motion uh, feeling. 
Hola number three. Uh, I noticed that there's a number on it. Is that because of the name of the song or is it like the third section or? Yeah, there's there's four, no, five, five olas, five waves. It's a song that I did, uh, actually it was like an improvisation um, that I was doing here in my house. And it was, uh, it was a very, very long song. So I decided to cut it in waves. And that, that, that there it comes the water again, you know, like, if I look to the left, there's the, the ocean there. So there's this um, constant like state of mind that that goes into a very intense moment uh, that I express in some of the songs. And then there's another ones that are more calm and more more soft, you know, like every day the waves are different.
Lastly, we'd like to take you to the Imperial Beach Pier, a local favorite for long walks, sunsets, and fishing. You'll hear the sounds of the ocean in our interview with locals enjoying the standing tradition of evening fishing. Enjoy the segment with Brenia Aceituno, El Muelle Fronterizo. Todos sabemos que el sur de San Diego está llena de culturas globales. Los que viven aquí los sienten en cada esquina. Pero hay un lugar muy especial donde se puede experimentar esas culturas con los cinco sentidos. Y ese lugar es el muelle fronterizo de Imperial Beach. La playa en los Estados Unidos que convive con las aguas de playas en Tijuana. En este muelle, con solo dar el primer paso, hueles el mar y el pescado, miras las sonrisas de paz en la cara de todos los pescadores, escuchas muchos idiomas y sentís la sal en tu piel. Y con dos pasos, ya hasta puedes saborear el plato de pescado frito. Aquí llegan muchos de todas partes del mundo para pescar y a cualquier hora. El muelle está vivo en la madrugada y el atardecer, en la noche y la mañana. Y por eso hablamos con dos jóvenes, Daniel y Chris, que nos explican la magia del muelle fronterizo. Anything we can. But like, so I see like some people stand like over here. We're at the beginning of the pier right now. Some people go further in. What's the difference? Uh, Cause right here you can catch more like bigger size fish than over there. Over there you're gonna catch like macro. That are the uh, small and long fish. Right here you're gonna catch big fish, but in like height wise. They're gonna be big. It's just a, a specific uh, different type of fish that we're trying to catch. So what uh, kind of, what kind of, what type is the one that you're trying to catch? Uh, I don't know what they're called. What are they called? <laughs> I forget. Like, we're, like, we're not good at fishing. Like, we're just yeah. learning. <laughs> but, so he's the one, uh, my other friend over there, he's the one that came up with the idea that some fishers come out to the shore and they feed on those little things. Those are like little um, Santa crabs. Uh-huh. I don't know the actual technical, like, term for them, what they're called. Wow, our theory is that there are some big fish out here and we see them all the time and they feed on that so that's why we're closer to the shore so is this like your first time trying this uh for me yeah for, yeah for us it's like our third time that we try this third time yeah and did you catch something the first yeah, or the second he, he actually caught one yesterday we're what using did, that what did he catch uh like decent size like hey bro what are they called the fish that you're trying to catch no idea. But do, you, do you guys eat them or what do you? No, just catch and release. Catch and release, yeah. okay. Is that what a lot of people do here? Cause they do catch and release? Yeah, so like the big fish, there I think they do catch and release, but for the macro, they, they keep it. They keep it yeah. for food. There are some people that come and catch their, their, pretty much their food, you know? Like some people come in, they catch like 20, 30 fishes and they dip, you know? Cause that's all they eat. But for us, just for fun. Sometimes we'll ask if we catch some like macros because we usually do that and we catch like 12 at a time and we're like, what are we going to do with all these fish? And we just ask people, hey, you need them for either bait or just, just because you want them. So you give them uh, away? Yeah, sometimes. So what? If they want it, yeah. of course. So what's like the environment here? Like what brought, what specifically attracted you to the IV Pier to do this? Mm, so cool. we've tried other places, but this is like the more the place that we, we catch the more fishes okay. pretty much so that's why it's known for like fishing yeah, yeah. I, i'm thinking here just because it's like close to the ocean and most fish are like out in the ocean so yeah there's more fish here than over there at seaport village or i don't know if you go over there by like belmont there's gonna be more fish here than over there i mean of course you could go elsewhere and there's like better places for this stuff but i mean this is just the closest to us yeah, because you guys are coming from National City. Yeah. So what time did you guys arrive here today? Here at the port, we came in at 8.30, about, just about. And then what time do you guys, like how long do you guys Honestly, spend? sometimes we stay up until like 2 in the morning. Yeah. And the reason that we come out here so late is just because like, we got off of work sometimes. Well, my friend is the one that drives me and he gets off at work like 5, 6 and that's the only time that we come fishing 
And like, but how did you guys get into this? Like, one day you're just like decided that you're gonna come to the pier and go fishing, or? Well, my friend one time, one time he was just like, hey, like we're gonna go fishing. You wanna come with us? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I was like, you know what? This is pretty fun. Like, I like it. Like, I want to start getting into it, and that's what I'm doing right now. But okay, tell me more about that. What What do you like about it? Just uh, calmness of it, you know, like just throwing your rod out, being like, it's so pretty out, you know, like, like it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah, for sure. What about Taki? Tell me, have you guys had like some interesting experiences, specifically in the I, like here in IB, like, because I I I live in IB. So oh really? I always see people like coming out here. Oh, okay. And it gets pretty. So you packed. see it every day, yeah. 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 It gets bagged there. Everybody, everybody's nice here. They're everybody's friendly. And when you catch like something like very interesting, a, a big crowd just forms around you. They just like seeing what people catch. Like not so long ago, like three three days ago, uh, some guy caught a big stingray, and like a big crowd formed. They were all looking at the big stingray. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just like the fun of just like catching something. You just Plus, get, you get to talk to people. You know? Yeah, you get to talk to people. You interact with a lot of people. Like what? Uh, can you describe one of those interactions for me? Like what? What's the most memorable conversation you've had on this beer? Uh, this one guy, a Filipino guy that was actually fishing. That he, uh, we were just fishing, and then uh, we went. He asked me if he wanted the fish, and he said yeah. And then after that, we just became good friends with him, and he gave us a lot of tips about fishing. And then we used his tips, and with those tips that he gave us, we started catching more and more fish. And then that's like, well, that's for me. Like, like, oh, we made a friend just off by fishing, and he gave us a bunch of good tips. And yeah, that's, and that's usually how people are around here. They yeah. like share their yeah, they share like their tips and stuff like that. If they come ask us, like, oh, do you guys have this? We're like, yeah, go, yeah, we got you right here, and just like that. There's a it's a very good community out here. What about you? Do you have any memorable like conversation that you've had with someone? Mm, no, not really. Honestly, just having fun with my friends. You know, that's what I like the most. Yeah, that's it. So, is it really just you three, or is it more? No, it's just us three. Yeah, us three, pretty much. Yeah. I I feel like when I was walking up and down, it's one of the things that's really interesting is that I hear like a bunch of languages too. Like right now, obviously Spanish because of where we're at, but like. There's a lot of there's a Filipino community out here. Yeah, there's a lot of ethnicities out here. There's like I, I think I heard like Arabic down there right yeah, now. Yeah, mm -hmm. lots of Arabic people. Do you guys? Do you, what do you? Is there something interesting to you guys at all, or not really? Uh, well, like I said, like sometimes we interact with that people just because they see us pull out like a fish or two, and they're like, oh, what is that? And we'll be like, oh, you know, just a little macro or something like that. And usually, it's the people that don't know like anything about fishing that they're like oh my god like a fish like i've never seen him out of the market you know yeah. <laughs> okay and what about like location wise like because we're so close to the border here mm -hmm. do you guys i don't know how does that impact the fishing or like your view your sight like your thoughts about it <laughs> i don't think i'm that advanced yet to know <laughs> if I'm being yeah. honest. is there anything else that you think uh i don't know is worth mentioning I mean, I'm very much like a newbie. I actually would like to yeah. try this, but I have no idea how to even start. So, uh -huh. Oh, I'd say if you don't have like a reason to come out or just like you're stuck at home, not knowing what to do, you know, going through something, you feel some kind of way, like just go outside, you know, like you'll find something to do. Like skate around, bike around, you know, take a bus somewhere and go out, adventure, anything and you'll definitely find a passion like you just gotta look sometimes there's things that you don't know that you like and out of nowhere you do something you're like oh i kind of enjoy this you know like it's cool that's, a, that's, what, yeah, happened that's what happened with, to me yeah, yeah. fishing mm -hmm. yeah like i said my friends just one day they were like you know what you want to go fishing i was like i've never done it before but you know why not you come here this was your first uh no the first time i went out with them was at seaport yeah so it all started that my parents were just like, oh, because they're always like, we never go out. So we're like, okay, let's go out. And they said they wanted to go walk. We're like, okay, we, we could go to Seaport. You guys could go walk. We could go try to fish. And we went and like, we just started fishing. And then right there, we, were, we would catch some fish and they were like, get us hypes. And then 
we just started coming one day, then the next day, then the next day. Then just started being constant coming every single day. And then, like I said, we would learn a bunch of stuff. Every single day, we learned something. And they would tell us, oh, you, you use this type of things to catch these fish. And we would try that. And then uh, we would always go to Seaport. And then my brother was just like, I don't think there's that many fish here. Let's try to go somewhere else. And then we came to Imperial. And then that's, that's where it all started, that we started catching more fish, learning more things. And then we bought all this stuff. And just like all of this helps us to catch fish. It's just like... We started with just some small rods. Now we have like big rods to catch bigger fish, better, better action, stuff like that. It's, it's just, just a, like how he says, just a vibe. Just being out here and learning something new every single day. Well, I hope you guys catch something today. Thank yeah. you. Thank maybe you. one or two, or maybe four or five. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, guys. Good luck. For Daniel and Chris, the fishing is still a new adventure and one that's helping them cope with the stresses of young life. <laughs> but for other folks on the pier, fishing has been a wonderful pastime that they've enjoyed for decades. I got to speak to Marcelo, a Filipino fisherman on the pier, who told me a little bit about his adventures in El Muye Fronterizo. Do you come here a lot? Uh, uh, on weekends, most of the time. But today I took a day off just to do my fishing. What's the coolest thing you've caught? Um, in like in 2006, I caught the big uh, uh, corvina here corvina. here on the pier. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Here on this side, or do you go deeper? Uh, go deeper, but uh, what I did, you know, because it's too big, I cannot I cannot get uh, take it out. It so what I did, I drag it all the way to the pier. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just walk? I walk it around and pull it in, yeah. How big was it? Uh, most likely about uh, 20 pounds of uh, corvina. Oh, yeah, it's a good, good size. Huh? Yeah, that's why I have a hard time, you know, pulling it out. So if I do that, it might, it might snatch my, snatch my uh, line. So I prefer to uh, take it to the pier, I mean to the beach. Have you ever, have you done that with more fishes or just that one? No, just one time. Just yeah. one time? Yeah, a lucky day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think, have you caught anything today? Uh, a couple. A couple? Yeah. Corvina or? No, a uh, croaker. Croaker? Yeah. You want to see it? Sure. Show me. There's a corvina and there's a walleye perch. Wow. And then these are mussels. Do you call yeah, mussels muscle. too? Yeah. Yeah. And this, you're going to clean it over there and clean take it, it home to the grill? Yeah, I grill it, yeah. What do you like to cook with this? Um, what else do you eat with the fish? Sometimes we uh, put some, uh, you know, um, boil, boil it. Put some vegetables and a tamarind soup. Yeah, it's, it's to make it to make it like a soup. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, Filipinos who come to this pier, right? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Is it just because in the Philippines yeah, you eat been, a lot of fish? Yeah, most so of you most, just most of it. Maintain yeah. the fish yeah, eating they, here. Yeah, that's their culture. Yeah. That's cool. And what kind of fish do you catch over there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to get away. The yes, fish just came out. Look <laughs> at uh, in the local names: lapu lapu, uh, tilapia, tilapia. Uh, milkfish, and uh, sometimes tuna. And those are those are the uh, you know, most of most of the fish that we we catch over there. But here you wouldn't catch those. Fish. No, no, not just no. Or tilapia. No. Or tilapia. Just corvina. And just corvina, croakers, and yeah. um, also uh, like a mackerel and sardines uh, up, 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 up to the pier. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? I besides fishing. I retired from the U.S. Navy. Oh, okay. 
for 20 years and then after I retired I uh, went to uh, work in a uh, private company we called the Frederica Manor it's a retirement community uh, until now I'm still working over there still working yeah. wow a total of uh, like uh, 43 years of working. Yeah. 43 years. When are you going to retire? Uh, soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Good. So this is the way that you like to calm yeah, you just down? Just calm down, relax, you know. Stay away from stress at work, you know. Yeah. And maybe I should pick up one of these. Uh, you should. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fishing, fishing pole. pole and come down here and yeah. How long Relax. do you usually stay out here? Uh, today I'll, I'll stay till uh, maybe around 9.30. 9.30? Yeah. And what time did you arrive today? Around 6 o'clock. Yeah. And do you usually come early in the morning? Because I've seen some people yeah. come at night. Yeah, and, uh, today I am I'm uh, a little bit late. I, I usually come at uh, 5 o'clock. Yeah, wow. 5:30. It's better the fish when you come early. Yeah, sometimes it's good. A good, uh, uh, you know, good time to catch in the morning. Less competition with the other people. Yeah. <laughs> Plus you get a good spot here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you have to look for the spot. A good, good spot. What do you look for when you're looking for a good spot? Uh, like a, uh, like a break, breakwater between a breakwater and a calm. So calm side, yeah, in between, the, that's a good. In between the breakwater and the calm side? Yeah. That's where most fish most are? Most of the place, yeah. And what about when you're going right there, When the you way? go out there, you, uh, you catch a mackerel, sardines over there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, when do you come to fish at night too? Do you know people who mm, fish at night? Before, I, I come to, yeah. Why do people fish at night? I don't know. I, Maybe they catch something different. It's yeah. better at night to catch yeah, or just, catch something different. Yeah. Hmm. So not and at no, night no. you don't catch mackerel. No. You catch oh, sometimes you catch mackerel at night. Okay. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you so much for okay. sharing this yeah. with me. You're welcome. Really, I'm really curious about the life. Uh, yeah, the, the life, life on the pier. People the beer. have a good time here. Pasita, I made that for a, an event that was here in Ensenada for a, a, a fun, it's a, it's an organization that helped kids with, um, not, that doesn't have resources or uh, that their parents uh, don't take good care of them. So there's this organization in TJ that it's called Pedacito de Cielo. And they made a subasta in, in Ensenada and they invited me to play there and so I decided to to name it like like that because of, of them, and yeah, it's an organization that I really respect and I and I I really like what they do. Muchas gracias, pedacito de cielo, por la invitación. Un gusto estar aquí con todos ustedes. Espero disfruten.
You mentioned that you have some music coming up soon. You've already released a few too. What should we look forward to or what should we expect? Well, you you're gonna, uh, you can expect underwater sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be about, about water and, and my, how I how I see it or how I imagine that living underwater will be. To listen to more of Katia's music, you can follow her on Instagram and music platforms as at Katia Ruda. And that's it for this episode. If you'd like to listen to our program again, visit www.thefront.casafamiliar.org slash podcast dash two. Or look for The Front Arte y Cultura on any of your music platforms. Thank you to our community supporters, Casa Familiar, and our listeners. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Front Arte Cultura. If you'd like to visit The Front, our gallery hours are Monday to Saturday, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. No reservations are required.